Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. Turn it down! Welcome back to my podcast, 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. Ah, oh, God, I took them. I, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I've made so many podcasts in the last couple of days, I've done so much. I've, I'm a little bit brain shot, I'm a little bit tired, I don't know if I made a podcast yesterday, I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. Um, if I didn't, I apologize. Uh, whatever. Yeah, like, like I, I, I can't wait for the weekend. I can't wait for the weekend because I don't know what I'm doing. I have my days where I'm off, where I'm on. This is one of those days where I'm off on. I'm very, very confused right now. Anyways, um, <laughs> uh, 24's podcast, best video gaming sports podcast on the entire internet. Today, what are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about video games, finally, 24? No, we're not going to talk about video games. Because uh, I got a lot of sports stuff to talk about. I got so much sports stuff to talk about that I was like, you know what? I don't even want to play any of the videos that uh, that I got for you today because I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't like the, any of the videos. I don't like any of the videos that I was going to play. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uniforms. Uh, because the Rams, they came out with their new uniforms. I'll, I'll talk about the Rams uniforms here in a couple of minutes. Um, also, Taco Charlton, he has a very, very interesting quote that I think needs to be talked about. Jason Garrett and the Giants, we'll talk about that. Is there anything else that I got for you today? Oh, yeah. Um, C.D. Lamb. I'll talk about C.D. Lamb and how people aren't talking about this guy. Because as soon as he gets drafted to the Dallas Cowboys, everybody's like, you know what? We're not going to talk about one of the best wide... Not the one of the best wide receivers. Dude, the best wide receiver in the draft. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of different dudes besides C.D. Lamb. I'm like, what? We'll talk about people not talking about C.D. Lamb. Ladies and gentlemen, right here on 24th Podcast. Where should I begin? Where should I end? Actually, I do have something that I want to play from you, for you. Excuse me. This is two guys from Pro Football Focus, PFF, as it is commonly referred to. Um, I don't like Pro Football Focus. I don't like Pro Football Football Focus at all. It seems like they they weirdly enough are this very very credible source. Yet they have very, very weird and interesting, maybe not interesting, but very, very weird opinions. Um, one of those I'll play for you actually right now, because I think you need the full context for it. Other other ones, this is the only one that I'm going to play. Other ones you don't need the full context for, uh, because most of these, uh, most of these guys, most of not even the guys, but most of the um, the freaking audio clips that I was going to have for you, they don't really matter. I'm trying to find. Oh yeah, let's uh, let's hear let's hear what they gave the Eagles, draft grade wise. Here's two dudes from Pro Football Fo- Focus, excuse me, talking about the grade that they gave the uh, the Eagles draft class. Let me also pull up their draft class as well, so that way I can have a reference here. Okay, let me also refresh the page because it 
was broken. Got an ad. This is taking longer than I wanted it to. Alright, here we go. Cool beans. I gotta watch that Speed Racer movie. I love Speed Racer. Here they are. Guys from Pro Football Focus talking about how the Eagles draft was an A-. minus Job as well. And then an A- minus draft coming up. The Philadelphia Eagles. And oh, Eagles no. fans are upset overall. I don't want to. I don't want to completely characterize them as upset. There are many that are upset. There are also many that are reasonable, and there are many that are listening to. I think the reasoning here at PFF. Um, sometimes people at PFF draw different conclusions. I think a lot of us came to the same conclusion on this, though. I used the word brilliant for the Jalen Hurts pick in the second round. That might that might have been a little strong. I, I don't think I was <laughs> looking for them to do that. But when I think you go through the list of things that could make that could justify it. I think it's a pretty healthy list going Jalen hurts in the second. We'll get to that in a minute. Jalen Rager, the first pick 21. Um, I can't, I can't, I, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why he said brilliant. I can't figure out why he said a minus. Um, let me, I, I, I got something. I got something about, I got something. I'm gonna. And by the way, the reason why I'm not reacting that strongly is that I'm gonna save my actual reaction for when uh, when I get the full context that I want. List of why I think it pays off. By the way, here's him. I think talking about backup quarterbacks. Uh, first off, backup quarterbacks can be expensive. You're buying insurance at the very least. You're buying insurance in the second round with Jalen Hurts. Beyond the insurance play. With the difference between you, you always say this, Sam, don't just go pick up a Matt Castle off the street. You know what Matt Castle is, right? Mm -hmm. We don't technically know what Jalen Hurts is. There's a percentage chance, 2%, 5%, 10%, 20%. There's a percentage chance that he's awesome, that he's really good. And that either helps you, the Philadelphia Eagles at some point when he has to play football or even take over for Carson Wentz, who knows under a cost controlled contract or He's a guy that you could trade for at the very least another second round pick or maybe even more. And the Patriots did the same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. They had intentions of taking him, having him take over for Tom Brady. Brady went on the best five year stretch, I think in NFL history. So they didn't need Garoppolo for more than two games, but they spent a second round pick. Didn't need him for more than two games, got a second round pick back. That was worthwhile insurance. And they didn't lose a whole lot from a long-term team building standpoint all of those things are true for Jalen Hurts even if he doesn't play a snap it's insurance and the opportunity to maybe roll stumble in to another great quarterback who knows so I'm just gonna replay like one part because I just want to make sure I heard what he said like clearly and concisely that then, then we'll get into me ripping apart this whole philosophy that getting a backup quarterback in the second round is a great idea Catch, I think in NFL history so they didn't need Garoppolo for more than two games, but they spent a second round pick, didn't need him for more than two games, got a second round pick back. That was worthwhile insurance. And they didn't lose a whole lot from a long term team building standpoint. All of those things are Okay, um that is incorrect. <laughs> that is that is incorrect. Um, because we can look at the Patriots and the Jimmy Gar now now this is me ripping apart uh, the whole philosophy that spinning a Second round pick on a backup quarterback is a smart idea. 
Um, that whole philosophy of, well, if we get a, a backup quarterback, and hold on, let me, I'm moving something on my chair. Hold on. Ugh, there we go. I put a blanket on my, my chair. I like the way that feels. Anyways, um, this whole philosophy that, oh, okay, well, if we spend a second round draft pick on a backup quarterback and we get a second round draft pick back, then we've matched value. And that's incorrect. You have not matched value. You have just uh, you have just moved backwards, right? In a lot of ways. And the reason why you've moved backwards in a lot of ways is that you want for a second round pick to get more for a second round pick. And I get what he's saying. Not for a second round pick. But for a second round pick, you want to get like a player that's going to play for you in the second round. Right? You don't necessarily want a second rounder for a second rounder, if that makes sense. Like you don't you don't want to draft a second round draft pick and then get a second round draft pick is what I'm trying to say. Like you want to get a football player. So it's like I gotta go through two second round draft picks to get a football player. Like that doesn't that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And it's and I hope I, I hope that makes sense. Like you, you don't necessarily. It's like, all right, all right. You, you know, you draft a guy that's essentially going to give you a second round, a second round draft pick instead of getting somebody who's actually going to contribute to the football team, like a, you know, like a like a Denzel Mims or a Kristen Fulton. But I get what he's saying in the sense of, well, you can get another second round draft pick and whatever. And it's like, well, you're not getting an NFL football player though. You're just getting the illusion of one. You're getting draft picks, right? So there's flawed thinking in that nature. Then on top of that, this whole concept that the Patriots, that they that they did a great job in, you know, drafting Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, it's GM thinking where, you know, you, you move laterally, essentially, um, and at best, where it's like, okay, you get a second-round draft pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. Probably could have gotten a first, by the way, if I'm honest with you. But now look at the Patriots, what don't they have that they kind of need? They need a quarterback. And they had two, three years ago. Now they have zero. So yes, it's like in theory, in, in theory, when we're debating the philosophy on, on, on second round draft picks, or not say yeah, on second round draft picks, it's like, does it seem like a good idea to get one and then trade, uh, get a backup quarterback and then trade them for draft capital? It's like, yeah, sure. But do you also know how you can get draft capital back from, you know, from training away a quarterback? Is exactly what the Dallas Cowboys did this year by getting Ben Driscoll or Driscoll. I don't know what his last name is. Ben, oh yeah, Ben DiNucci, not Jeff Driscoll. Ben DiNucci in the seventh round. He's going to be the developmental piece that Dallas is going to use either as a permanent backup quarterback or for leverage. That's what most good NFL teams do, by the way. They're like, well... We can use this guy for leverage. We can develop this guy. Da 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 da. Right. Instead, what the Philadelphia Eagles did was they took Jalen Rager and and, and uh, just not Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. And the thing with taking Jalen Rager that early, and I and I thought about it for like a couple of weeks now after the draft is over. I was like, you know what? The more I think about that about that pick, and the more I kind of separate myself from the excitement of draft night, I was super excited and happy because Dallas was going to get CeeDee Lamb, or they got CeeDee Lamb, and all these other teams got some really, really nice players for their quarterbacks, and, you know, they've addressed some issues here and there team-wise. Teams that I like, they really, really stepped up their game in the draft. 
I was excited for draft night. I was happy for draft night. I was happy for some of the teams. So I took it easy on Philadelphia. But now I look at it closely. I'm like, Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson? I don't I don't like that pick. I don't like that pick at all, if I'm honest with you. And essentially what the Philadelphia Eagles did this year was they were like, well, let's get a bunch of fast guys. We're going to get Kez Watkins, who I like, out of Southern Miss. Uh, let's get John Hightower, again, another guy who I like out of Boise State. Let's get all these guys that are going to run track on people and let's just have them stretch the field and we'll be the NFC version of the Kansas City Chiefs. That's essentially what they're trying to do. Jalen Rager, he's going to be their new Tyreek Hill. Uh, Travis, not Travis Frederick, uh, Zach Ertz is going to be their Travis Fred, not Frederick, but Travis Kelsey. I don't know why I keep getting the two mixed up, especially when they don't even say the play, play the same doggone position. Get it together, 24. But they got Jalen Rager, John Hightower, Kez Watkins, all like 4-4 guys. Let's get Carson Wentz a speedster. Let's get him some burners, right? There is nobody in, in their draft that I'm like, hmm, Maybe besides Kayvon Wallace in like the fourth round where I'm like, okay, that's that's good pickup. But Davion Taylor out of Colorado? Linebacker? Oh, okay. All right. And that's that's okay. They're picking like 103. They probably could have gotten Devin Duvernay, I think, at that point. Or they could have gotten um they could have gotten an offensive lineman. They could have gotten and they, they got an offensive lineman in the fourth round. They could have gotten an offensive lineman. They could have got gotten another linebacker. I don't know the linebacker situation at that point at 103, but I, I don't like Davion Taylor in the third round. That seems a little bit too early for me. I don't know. We'll see. And then they kind of just round out some of their draft. Their draft is like meh. Like nothing that I think really sticks out for me from the Eagles. I'm like, this is kind of mad to me. Again, they got Kez Watkins great value in the sixth round, but I'm like, hmm, yikes. <laughs> like, that's that's how I'll describe it as a big yikes. They got an A-. minus. Like, in what way is this as good as Dallas is? Because I, 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 don't, I don't get that at all. And then finally, uh, kind of wrapping up that whole segment, I, I don't know if I addressed everything. Oh, yeah, I didn't even start to jump on Jalen Hurts on the Jalen Hurts draft pick. Um, first and foremost, if you're going to draft a quarterback, a, a backup quarterback in the second round, and by the way, let's just be honest, the Patriots drafting a backup quarterback in the second round, I don't care if it was Jimmy Garoppolo, huge mistake. I don't care what year it was in, huge mistake. Because, again, they got, the illusion of a second rounder. They got, oh my God, you know, we got, we got, we got the illusion. We got this second round draft pick back from the San Francisco 49ers. That's it. We got a second rounder. We got, we used our second round draft pick to get a second round draft pick. It's like, that's bad because you want players. You want guys that will contribute. Otherwise, why would you spend a draft pick? Why wouldn't you just trade down? 
and get more draft picks. Like, come on. But yeah, Jalen Hurts, the the whole the whole, you know, quarterback controversy that's happening in Philly that by the way, nobody is gonna talk about. Like everybody keeps on talking about Dak Prescott. I'm like, you guys are not focused on the right story. You guys should be focused on Dak Prescott, not Dak Prescott, on Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz. Everybody's like, well, he's not going to take Carson Wentz's job. Carson Wentz is an injury-prone quarterback. What do you think they're going to do when Carson Wentz gets hurt? Oh, well, if they had Jalen Hurts, they would have beaten Seattle. Are you sure about that? Are you sure? You do realize he had Hollywood. I like Jalen. He had Hollywood and he had CD. Pretty much the two top wide receivers in their respective draft classes. And you want to try and talk to me about Jalen Hurts beating Russell Wilson. Whose mans is this? Keep on talking about Russell Wilson like that. Keep on talking about Russell Wilson like he's just a slice of barbecue chicken. Y'all must be tripping. But can Jalen Hurts come into the league and win football games? I just got to ask how. How? You just got to ask, how are you going to use Jalen Rager as well? Is he going to stretch the field? Is he going to go down the field? You do understand that. Now he's got to go up against, Carson Wentz is going to go up against some great pass rush without Jason Peters now, right? Especially against Washington and in Dallas. You do understand that, right? Like the amount of time that he's going to have to have to throw the football now, especially if teams blitz. If teams blitz, and if they, like Dallas, definitely will blitz this year. Teams blitz, you think he's going to have enough time to go over the top? And use that wide receiver, Jalen Rager, and Jordan Howard, or Jordan Hightower, and all these other dudes? No, of course not. The thing about drafting speed and getting speed on your team is that speed is not controlled. It can't consistently get open, as I saw with um, with um, with Deontay Thompson. I think that's what his name was. Deontay Thompson and Tavon Austin in Dallas. They were fast guys. They were track guys. They could not get open. There are times where a guy can test well in the combine, put up great numbers, put him in some shoulder pads and a helmet, he can't play. Just how the game goes. Other times, a guy that tests badly at the combine, like Bradley and I, put him in some shoulder pads, some cleats and a helmet, he can decapitate people. Long and the short of it is, Jalen Hurts will never know what he is until he cleats until until he steps out onto the football field. But the vibe that I'm getting off of the Philadelphia Eagles is that they want to use him like a Taysom Hill approach. And and these two suckers, they started to talk about, well, Taysom Hill is good value. Taysom Hill is one of the best special teams player in the league. Players, excuse me, in the league. So now Jalen Hurts is going to be a special teams guy on top of him being a running back and a quarterback. Come on, man. The whole concept of a Taysom Hill approach is that he's great on not only throwing it, running it, and catching it, but he's also great on special teams as well. Blocking the punt, on kickoffs, on returns, he's great. He's not a quarterback. At least not for now. Or at least he hasn't been given the opportunity to become a quarterback. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with Jalen Rager. Not Jalen Rager, but Jalen Hurts. We'll see if he can come in and win the day. Win the team over. We'll see. He's got time. 
He's got a lot of time. We'll see. Do I think that he can do it? Do I think that Jalen Hurts can come in and be a good runner for them? Like, define what, like, again, I got to ask the question. Define what you mean by, like, Taysom Hill role. Apparently, they want to use him as a running back. But it's like, if you only run plays and formations with Jalen Hurts on the field where he's running the football, guess what the defense is going to do? They're not going to play the pass. If you do the vice versa, if you just be like, okay, Jalen, be be essentially in the Wildcat. We'll have Carson Wentz bottom or top of your screen. You can either run it or throw it. Like, okay then. It's like, well, the team won't fear him running, even though he can run. And I don't really see him ru- not running it, passing it that much. Because it's like, guess what that's doing? Taking the ball out of your quarterback's hands. Realistically speaking, you could have either gotten an actual running back, an actual wide receiver, or a corner at that position. At, what was it? 53 overall. Could have gotten Christian Fultz. Could have gotten J.K. Uh, JK Dobbins, I think. Could have gotten Christian Fulton. Could have gotten a lot of dudes. Could have gotten a safety. Because you just released Malcolm Jenkins, and I don't fear your safeties at all. Could have gotten a safety. Could I? Th- I well, I think you could. I think. Well, I, I. I don't know actually. Now that I think about it, I think McKinney and Delpit were gone at that point. So I'm pretty sure now that it's like, well, I don't think they could have gotten a safety. Well, they could have gotten Terrell Burgess. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Well, they could have gotten better. They could have gotten essentially the players that they would have wanted to have gotten at that position. I love Jalen Hurts. I thought he was a second rounder. I just, like, the whole reasoning behind drafting Jalen Hurts to use him as a Taysom Hill is dumb. It's like it's stupid. Because you could actually have players that could be on the field for the majority. Is he going to be on the field for the majority of the snaps? Like, I don't get it. As I take a swig of my lemonade. In my water bottle. Starting to use flavor packets. Opened up another bottle of water. <sighs> Anything else with that god-awful Philadelphia pick? That pick was so fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. Um, ironically enough, this pro football focus player, or this guy, uh, two minutes... Three minutes later, after that rant about how you can get so much value about the backup quarterback, he says this. Full benefits that I think add up. I completely agree with you. A backup quarterback in isolation in the second round is too much. Even Jalen Hurts in the second round might be too much. But I like what the potential is there. The one other thing, too. He literally um, just... I don't l- really... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, my bad. He literally just said, I like the potential there. It's like, what potential? Potential for what? For, for him to be, and he's like, there's a small percentage of him being a top, like, of, of him being excellent, like a 2 or 5% chance. It's like, what? Like, okay, let's say, let's, let's oblige him. Let's say there's a two, there's a small percent chance for him to be a great quarterback. It's like, well, hold on a minute. Don't you already have a great quarterback in Carson Wentz? Isn't that what Philadelphia and everybody is saying in the media? Like, oh my God, Carson Wentz is so great. He's so awesome. 
why then would you draft another great quarterback instead of getting a wide receiver running back or or corner? Like, does any of what does any of what they're saying make sense to you? Because none of it is making any sense to me, and I'm dog tired right now. But I like what the potential is there. The one other thing too, um, I don't really love him as a player either. What? What? Then why would you go on a three or four minute spiel talking about how you thought it was a great suggest, great draft pick, and how they were brilliant for drafting Jalen Hurts? At least I'm consistent. I'm like from from the draft pick on. I've been like, I think that's a dumbass pick. I th- I laughed at the pick. I thought that was a hilarious pick. I said they could have gotten Denzel Mims, Christian Fulton, or J.K. Dobbins, and they got Jalen Hurts. What? Let, let me let me let him finish his let, let me let him finish his thought. So that way I can understand what 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 he's trying to say here. Because I don't I don't understand how and in, 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 at the start you can say to me that it was a brilliant draft by the Eagles, and then in one and then in literally three or four minutes later you can say, well, oh my gosh, uh, that you know I I wouldn't pick I wouldn't get a, a second round quarterback I wouldn't draft a quarterback in the second round. What? Let me play it. Watching him, like you know, he holds the ball too long. I think he leaves plays on the field, doesn't turn it over. Probably takes too many sacks. I'm describing Tyrod Taylor here, by the way, our our comp in the draft guide. Is that okay? You love Tyrod, so my thought with Hurts, even though I don't love a lot of the on-field evaluation stuff, here are the boxes that he ticks: pure production, hitting open throws, and a lot of the things. Maybe aided a little bit by the Oklahoma scheme, but he performed well in some advanced numbers. He performed well when our guys did some text analytics, which I think is awesome, right? People think that there's this whole analytics versus scouting debate. Well, what better way to... Okay, so then he goes into this spiel about text analytics versus, like, real analytics, I guess, and and pretty much what text analytics are, and he describes it as this. Pretty much a bunch of scouts write some stuff, write, like, what they think of a player on a piece of paper, and then they look at what words are similar to other scouts it's i don't understand what that shows i don't even understand how that's analytics but whatever um i'm not gonna look up any anything more i think this is just ridiculous that you can even try and say to me that jalen hurts is a great draft pick for the philadelphia eagles when they already had a quarterback when there's way better draft picks for doing exactly what you need to do as a football player to be honest with you and like this concept that you're going to draft a quarterback and he's suddenly going to become Taysom Hill is ridiculous to me. Like that's just a gimp. That's that's like the wildcat, right? Like that's like saying, you know what? We're going to draft a quarterback to play in the wildcat. It's like what? It's like, bro, why wouldn't you get a running back or uh, or like a a wide receiver to do that for you? That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The whole concept of getting. Jalen, to play running back or Taysom Hill is just like, just like that's so much capital that you, like Dallas probably got a second round, not a second rounder, uh, like not even probably, they got a a first rounder, excuse me, in the second round. They got Trevon Diggs. They got a dude that's going to come in and start for them within the next two to three years. Not even two years, really, within the next year, to be honest with you. It's going to be easy money for Dallas. Easy money. With Trayvon Diggs. 
It's like if Carson Wentz gets hurt again, it's like, really? Like, you could potentially have a quarterback controversy on your hand if Jalen Hurts goes. Like, let, like, let's say Carson Wentz is out for four games. Jalen Wentz three games. Are you not playing Jalen Hurts? I think it's ridiculous to say Jalen Hurts could be a top X quarterback when it comes to his percentile. Like saying like he has two or five percent chance to become, you know, a great quarterback. And it's like shit, I can say that about anybody. It doesn't mean anything. The only thing that matters is their play like that's not even quarterback evaluation. That's just speculation. Get him off. Get him off my computer. So off of Jalen Hurts. Ah, man. There's been this whole concept, this whole theme with Jason Garrett and how everybody keeps on talking about, you know, how great of a head coach he is, how great his offenses have been, even though they don't win football games, uh, and how they aren't efficient. They just bombs away. Say, hey, Dak, can you bail us out yet again? Our defense isn't playing very good. Our run game isn't there. We know that, you know, you know that we haven't schemed for you whatsoever and schemed for the other team. But could you bail us out, please? It's like a heroin addict going back to their parents to ask for money. It's like Dak Prescott is like, fine, but this time you got to go to rehab. This time you got to break. This time you got to lose your drug dealer's number. It's like Dak just, just cut his ass off. And Dak finally did. It's like, Jerry, you're fired. Not Jerry. Jason, you're fired. Get him out of Dallas. And he went straight to to the Giants because, of course, the Giants, they're friends with Jason Garrett. Everybody's friends with Jason Garrett. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And I get this report, like probably everybody else, everybody's gotten this report that apparently Jason Garrett is, uh, is forcing Daniel Jones to watch old cowboy games. Not forcing, but it's telling Daniel Jones to watch old Cowboy games to learn the tape of the Dallas Cowboys. Right? Like, oh yeah, you know, just watch the Dallas Cowboys, you know, last year. That's the offense that we're going to be running. Apparently, Saquon Barkley has tried to reach out for uh, to Ezekiel Elliott to learn the offense. <sighs> like, everybody knows, right? That the like and and I and, and now it's like I just gotta ask the question: How was Jason? How was Jason Garrett considered a great offensive coordinator? Like seriously though, how I don't I don't understand it because when I watch when I watched Dallas last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before they've been running the same dog on plays for the last ten years. You don't think Dallas knows what plays that they're running? Because Dallas, one thing that Dallas, let me light my candle because I haven't lit it at all. I like to have a burning candle on. Where's my damn lighter? Here it is. I like to have a lighter on. Not a, a lighter on? What? A candle on whenever I'm podcasting and I just didn't realize that I had one, that I didn't have one. So it's like, does everybody realizes, right? The issue with the Dallas Cowboys last year and for the last couple of years is that both on offense and on defense, they would never disguise anything 
If it was a run, if it looked like a run, it was more than likely going to be a run. My 60-year-old mother could tell not only if it was going to be a run play or a pass play, but who the football was going to. Cole Beasley, Jason Witten, Des Bryant when he was playing. Like, she could tell that. She's not a, she doesn't, she doesn't watch football like I do. She doesn't care about football like I do. And she could be like, oh yeah, it's going to Cole. It's going to Zeke. Just based upon the looks that Dallas gave her. What do you think when somebody whose job it is to play football, a coach, not play, but coach football, and also to play football, a player, especially a coach and a player, not a coach and a player, excuse me, a player who played against that same system, what do you think they're going to do when they play against that same system for the Giants? What do you think DeMarcus Lawrence is going to do? What do you think Jalen Smith and Layton are going to do? Watch Jason get, watch old cowboy film because that's the offense we're going to be running because they're going to disguise it, right? They really are going to disguise it. Apparently what the Dallas Cowboys did against the LA Rams, and this is how the Rams knew uh, which, uh, which, how to run it and stuff like that, was apparently they would communicate, Dallas would, they would communicate their defense on the line of scrimmage to the offense. They wouldn't hide anything. So, of course, they got 240-something yards, almost 300 yards, by the way, ran on them against the uh, the L.A. Rams. So then I got to hear, like, you know, the offense is going to be better because the Dallas Cowboys offense was better. Uh, not better, but it was one of the best because of Jason Garrett. Excuse me, they have three Hall of Famers on the offensive line, another one as a wide receiver, not as a wide receiver, another one as a running back. They had Dez, who I think could get into the hall for some time. Not talking about during the Dak era, but after, but, but before that. You want to talk to me about, oh yeah, you know, it'll work. It'll be great. I think people are in for a rude awakening. Oh my God, I'm tired. I think people are going to be in for a rude awakening when it comes to Jason Garrett and his ability to head coach. I think people are in for a very rude awakening. Because all I get, all I've seen, and all I've heard about Jason Garrett in the last couple of weeks is, oh my God, he's just a, such a great guy. He's such a great head coach. He's, you know, he's done this, he's done that. It's like nobody remembers why he was fired. Nobody wants to remember. I, I bet you money, man. If Dow, not Dallas, if the Giants are okay at offense, and Joe Judge is obviously terrible as a head coach, watch for Jason Garrett to be promoted to the head coach of the New York Football Giants. Watch it. In fact, book it. Book it. Offense has better success than it was, and it probably will because their offense was horrible last season. And also, by the way, everybody's like, well, you know, he trained Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. It's like, what? What? I watched almost every single game of Dallas in the last couple, in, in the last four years uh, excuse me, excuse me. How to say excuse me twice for the burp, excuse me twice, and, and a second time. How to say excuse me once for the burp, excuse me another time for the stuttering. I'm dog tired. But everybody praises Jason Garrett for being the head coach who developed Dak Prescott and who had Tony Romo reach the height of his career and blah, 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 blah. It's like I saw the Seattle 
the Seattle Seahawks game today, not because the NFL put it on its YouTube channel like they should have, but because the NFL didn't put it on their YouTube channel, and I was like, fuck it, I'll just find it on the internet, and I found it, and I watched Dak play. He was not as good throwing the deep ball last year, or technically two years ago, as he was last year. Want to know why? Because he went and worked on it in the offseason. Wasn't because, oh wait, you know, Jason Garrett, he's going to he's gonna really help Dak Prescott develop as a quarterback. No. It's because Dak has to do all this work on the offseason. Like every single season, Dak Prescott gets better. The stuff that you see during the season is the coach. The stuff that you see out of the season is the player. Like what he brings into training camp is the player. What the coach should bring in, schemes, game plans, things of insight, things of that nature. Jason Garrett does not bring any of that stuff. Speaking of Jason Garrett and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Taco Charlton vows that his foot is now on the gas with his third team in uh, in three years. Foot's on the gas, man. Foot's on the gas pedal. Here's a quote from defensive end Taco Charlton, who is now playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. My foot is on the gas for this one. I'm not saying I gave my full effort everywhere I've been. All my previous situations, things came to an end and it was kind of mutual. It wasn't really much of a surprise. I was feeling kind of out of position a little bit in my past. This year, I feel like I'll be comfortable and use my talents to the best of my ability. First and foremost, Taco, he got everything. He got all the opportunities you could have wanted from a defensive end. He got to start. He got to play games. He got to uh, be a rotational player. If you're a rotational player, it is because you're not a starter. Because he didn't put forth the effort to be a starter. Now, the thing with being Taco is that he was Dallas' first round draft pick. Make no mistake about it. I think Randy Gregory was there or somebody else, another edge rusher was there. Make no mistake about it. Dallas would not have gone after Robert Quinn and started Robert Quinn if, if Taco was better. They would not have gone out and, and released Taco Charlton because of Ravers if he was a better defensive end. And words, words are great. Saying your foot is on the gas for this one, man. Hey, man, all power to you. Hopefully you go out and kill it in Kansas. But whenever I look at Taco Charlton, and the reason why he went to Kansas was because his old teammate, D. Ford, he's there on the team, and he's great. It's like, two teams, three years? Okay. The thing that I dislike about some of the defensive linemen for the Dallas Cowboys, and this has been kind of consistent for the last 10 years, uh, ironically enough, it's the uh, the Jason Garrett lineage. Always get guys that are question marks, right? Guys like Randy Gregory got issues on and off the field. Uh Alden Smith is definitely a Jerry move. But then you got guys like Taco Charlton. Got issues off the field. In the sense of, not like he's doing drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. Sense of, he's not a very studious guy, right? Not a very studious guy. Not He's not the type of person to study. There's this interesting little piece of information about Tristan Hill where Tristan Hill was essentially ostracized from the defense. Your second round draft pick. Probably because... Everybody disliked him. I could tell on the football field. I'm like, man, 
They don't like Tristan Hill. Is how they are interacting with him on the football field. Jason Garrett draft pick. They could have gotten Juan Thornhill. They were like, uh, Rod Marinelli was like, you know what? Let's go out. Let's get a, uh, let's get a defensive tackle. Tristan Hill, right? Let's go out instead of getting T.J. Watt. Let's go get Taco Charlton, man. Let's go do that, right? And they got him, and they released him before Mike McCarthy could even talk to him. And now Kansas City's got him. Good luck to Kansas City. More power to you. Good luck to Taco. Hopefully he's going to do a great job in Kansas. But I think it's just words. I hope it's not for his sake, but I think it is. We'll find out very, very soon. Now. Let's get into uh, some interesting topics here. Rams new colorway. Rams new colors in general. Rams new helmet. Rams everything. Reading it, read, read a great column from the Los Angeles Times columnist was talking about how the Rams colors, the logo. Damn that horn. Don't, don't tell me that's the, the helmet horn. I just got a good look at it. Hold on. I've seen I've seen it before, but I may I haven't seen they haven't like given the side view. Okay, so that is the horn. The horn looks bad now. Oh my god, it looks bad. It doesn't look like the ram horn. It looks it just looks it looks like a lazily like made ram horn. Now I really don't like the helmet. Damn, that thing sucks. So, they um they changed out the colors. They got the new colorways in, and um, people went ballistic, including ex ex Los Angeles Ram Eric Dickerson. He was like, "Those colors make them look soft. Looks way too much like the Chargers." Let me look up the Chargers. Which I agree one thousand percent. By the way, I think they, I think the colorways, I think the uniform, in general, looks way too similar to the Chargers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they do. There's some differences in color variation here and there, but for the most part, yeah. They, the, the, I'll give, I'll give the Chargers credit. I like the way that the Chargers look. I like their uniforms. I think the, their uniforms look really, really cool. I think in in a lot of cases, the Rams, they also look cool as well. That fucking Ram horn looks like shit, man. Wow. And one of, like, the player... Oh, my God. I'm, I'm getting, like, the full view of it. I like the numbers. Not I, I like the font of the numbers. I like the the Ram logo and and by the way the rebranding of the Rams essentially was you know we're we're now Los Angeles team right so we'll have colorways to fit the the Rams team I don't mind the colorways actually that much I don't mind the I, I don't mind it at all in fact I like the colorways if I'm honest with you I just don't like the helmet that much. That I, I know that they want that it was like a big deal. Like we're gonna have chrome blue 
for our helmet now. And I'm like, what? Why? Like, that's not what, like, like, I like the deep dark blue that they had. But now they're like, like, it, it doesn't even look like it's the same team anymore. If I'm honest with you. Like, I liked the deep, dark blue. I didn't like the chrome blue. And then they're like, well, we made, we, well, we got to be new. We got to be a new modern team. So we got to have the matte finish. Like, or you could just have the normal finish. Like, the Rams, they had one of the coolest. I'll give it to the Rams. Rams had one of the coolest helmets ever. With the Ram horns, there's very, very few teams that can properly, like, put their, like, put something specific on the team like the ram horns on the helmets, and you're like, oh, okay, that looks cool. Like when Eric Dickerson, I, I, wa- I was watching some of his highlights on YouTube a couple of nights ago, and Todd Gurley, when they were running with the horns, they looked badass. Those rams horn, those ram horns, they looked cool. But now I'm like, they don't even, I, I, I really, really would like to see the ram horns like in action, not like in a still image or in a video, in a hype video, or whatever. Like, I actually want to see dudes run around in these god-awful things and see what they look like, because they look fucking terrible. They look god-awful. It's the horns. It's the horns that suck. I can't, I can't look at that horn and be like, that's a ram horn. And the worst thing is, one. who was it? Who was it that said it? Who was it that said it? There was this guy, Kevin Kevin Dimoff, the Rams' chief operating officer, right? They told us that they wanted horns. They said they wanted blue and yellow, and that's what and that's what we did. Um, the columnist, Arash, can't say his last name. Um, he freaking checked this dude hella hard on this on on this on this article. He said the Ram fans wanted their horns back. They wanted their blue back, and they wanted their yellow back. By the way, they changed everything they weren't providing arbitrary talking points to take back to an artist to reimagine a new look to as Dimoff said this week match the style and design of SoFi Stadium I'll talk about the stadium in a couple of minutes the fans wanted the throwback jerseys of Eric Dickerson Jack Youngblood uh, Deacon Jones and Roman Gabriel that they were already wearing to the Coliseum Dimoff might excuse me Dimoff might have thought he was listening but he didn't hear the Rams were the first NFL team to have a logo on their helmets after halfback Fred, cannot say his last name, I think his name is Gurky, the great-grandfather of 2018 National League MVP, Christian Yellick, painted, uh, painted horns on the team's leather helmets in 1948. The iconic blue helmet and yellow horn circling the ear hole became the gold standard for helmet design. Gurky's logo had been the club's trademark until the Rams redesigned this offseason. The classic Rams uniforms were one of the best in NFL history and as distinctively and as distinctive, excuse me, and as distinctively Los Angeles as the Lakers purple and gold and the Dodgers blue and white. And keep in mind this team wasn't even in Los Angeles for uh, for the majority of its team history, but when put in the context of that was that was as 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 iconic as the uh, the yellow and gold and the white and blue of the Lakers and the Dodgers, it's like well that kind of makes a lot of sense. I'm looking at the and I look at the colors. The colors they aren't as bright 
as the new colors. They're kind of like they're they're darker versions of the colors that they got now. And because of that, like they they want they want to look LA, man. They want to look Hollywood. It's like, all right, you want to look LA, you want to look Hollywood. Oh man, those horns. Again, I want to see the side view, the side profile of some guy sprinting. Cuz when I cuz uh, cuz a the Ram logo, the the new Ram helmet, it's essentially supposed to go with the LA Rams, right? It's supposed to it's supposed to be a part of the the logo, the new logo. What's the Rams logo? The 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 terrible one. Oh yeah, it's it's where the the A is now a horn. That kind of looks okay, but it's still terrible. But that's the but it goes with the Ram logo. It's with um with with the LA logo now, and it 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 just looks terrible. I got a profile for it. Yeah, that looks bad. In uh, in like a video game, it looks like it's Madden or something like that, and they got it in a video. Yeah, it looks bad. It still looks bad. It looks like a half finished logo. If they had like completed the swirl it would have been okay but it just looks bad i don't think whoever made the logo realized that it was going to be put on a helmet or they did and they didn't care anyways because it looks bad on a helmet needs to complete the swoop some of this stuff isn't hard Oh my god, I just realized what are they gonna put at center field? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was that really, really bad, like terrible version of I think the 70s Ram logo. I'm like, what are they gonna put at center field? Are they gonna put the NFL logo? They should. Don't put the Ram logo on, the the new shitty one. It looks bad. Their rebranding is god awful. Like the not not necessarily because of the new colorways. I, I know that Eric Dickerson said that the colorways make them look soft. Like I think that some I I I like the colorways. It's just the helmet and the logo. They just shit on the colorways. It's like there's no way that the colorways look cool anymore. And and it's like you know you look at all the the players right, and they're looking at you and and they have some of the helmet the like they have the ram horns on. You know, like when you're looking at them, not from like they're in front of you. They're not to the side of you. And the Ram horns, they look okay. But the cool thing about the Ram horns was the side profile. And every side profile that I get, I'm like, oh, my God, that looks terrible. I got another picture. That looks God awful. Jesus Christ. Get, get it off. Get it off. Get it off. Get them all off. Get them all off. Jesus Christ. This is the, the rebranding from hell. This is terrible. Continuing forward with the rebranding from hell, let's talk about the Rams' horrible uh, horrible situation with the SoFi Stadium. First and foremost, uh, the Rams, they may, they may not even be able to play on Sunday night in SoFi Stadium. Want to know why? Because apparently California is st- is still having that stay-at-home order until July, and it may even be continued and extended depending on the circumstances around the coronavirus. So if you have a stay-at-home order, 
that also means like stadiums, apparently. So they may not even be able to play their first game in SoFi Stadium. Then on top of that, apparently the Rams are seeking an additional $500 million to finance the stadium. I didn't read the article because I, I, I didn't read the article first, and I usually do. For some weird reason, I didn't. Let me read this article for you. The Rams need more financing for SoFi Stadium, which has a price tag that keeps rising. I think right now, the budget originally was $1.5 to $2 billion. It's now exceeded over $5.5 billion at this juncture. Yeah, it's a very, very pricey stadium. According to Daniel Kaplan of The Athletic, the Rams' request for up to $500 million in additional NFL stadium financing and additional time to pay it back is on the agenda for next week's virtual owners meeting. The request is on top of the $400 million the Rams already borrowed from the league's stadium lending program. The team also wants to pay the loan back over 30 years rather than the typical 15 years probably because revenue will not be very good because nobody's going to watch the Rams in their new stadium besides the opposing team fans, not the actual Ram fans, because the Ram fans did not travel well from St. Louis to Los Angeles. The stadium has cost has seen cost overruns and slower than expected personnel seat license sales per Kaplan and all teams anticipate lost ticket revenue this fall because of the coronavirus. The price tag of this stadium, which the Chargers will share, was 2.2 billion owners when owners approved the the Rams' Inglewood, California proposal in January 2016. The estimated final cost of the stadium, which includes a retail and entertainment district, has ballooned to somewhere between 5 billion and 6 billion, according to Kaplan. Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, the new one, the prettier one, in my opinion. Uh, which also remains under construction, is the second most expensive stadium in league history at $1.9 billion, coming in significantly under the price tag of $6 billion. SoFi Stadium is scheduled to open this summer, but it remains to be seen how the COVID-19 pandemic will affect that. NFL owners will vote next week to increase uh, the borrowing limit for all teams from $350 million to $500 million in case games are played without fans. There you go. They need more money to build their stadium. They need more time to pay off their debt. That's not a good sign. I get it. And everybody's going to say, well, 24, what about the coronavirus? Um, this has been an issue the SoFi Stadium specifically, because the Allegiant Stadium is almost done. Like, they got some more work to do, but they can get it done probably before training camp, if I'm honest with you. They're almost done with that thing. SoFi Stadium, they're almost done with it as well. But the fact that Allegiant is on time, it's on pace, it's fine, it's great, and SoFi is coming in Almost five, four to five billion dollars over budget. Must be tripping. I get it. I get it. Coronavirus is a big thing. It's a big deal. It's important. Impacts everybody. Even the NFL. However, 
the fact that construction has that that there have been delays. I think it was supposed to open last year. By the way, they weren't supposed to play in the LA Coliseum. They were supposed, excuse me, they were supposed to play in SoFi last year. Delay after delay, issues with the um, issues with the budget, issues with the money has not gone well for this organization, for the Rams, for SoFi Stadium, for everybody involved. Wonder how they feel about St. Louis now. And the ironic thing is, let's say the stay-at-home order continues forward and the NFL, they can't necessarily, they can't like play games in Los Angeles. They can move out, Pat McAfee said it, San Antonio, which would be a fucking great situation for the NFL because that's a, that's a football city if there's ever been one. And then on top of that, <laughs> ironically enough, they could go back to St. Louis. Ironically enough. It's funny how that stuff works, right? Final thing I'll talk about today. Um, wide receiver duos in the NFL. Good morning football. I don't know why I pressed on this video. I knew it was going to be good morning football. I knew they wouldn't talk about C.D. Lamb uh, because nobody's been talking about C.D. Lamb. But in the NFL Network, they released this video from Good Morning Football today talking about wh- who is who is new quarterback wide receiver duo that will make the biggest impact in 2020. And they give up um, wide receivers like Gardner Minshew, not Gardner Minshew, LaVisca Shinalot and Gardner Minshew. I can't say LaVisca's name. LaVisca Shinalot, I can't say his last name. I don't know his last name. Well, they give out that guy. I think they give out um, somebody else as I get a commercial because I have to reload my this webpage. Who else did they say? Uh, Two Attack of Aloha, Devontae Parker, LaVisca Shenalot. Who else is there? Jerry Judy and somebody else. Who is it? My webpage fails to load. Drew Locke and Jerry Judy. Does anyone else have anything to say? No. So, Laviscus and Gardner Minshew, Jerry Judy and Drew Locke, and um, who was the first one? I already forgot who the first one was. Tua and Devontae Parker. Now, just throwing it out there, you know, maybe you should also include Number one wide receiver in the draft going to an offense that, like, in all honesty, Randall Cobb probably could have had 1,000 yards last season if he didn't drop so many passes. Like, that's just just the reality of the situation. And you have a guy in CeeDee Lamb who's a yak guy, yard after the catch guy, a guy that is going to go up against number three corners in the league, and he's going to dominate. And he's probably going to have somewhere between 500 to 1,300 yards next season. Somewhere between two touchdowns to six, maybe seven. He's going to have a great first year. And you want to try and tell me, Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, Gardner Minshew, LaVisca Shinalot, and uh, Devontae Parker and Tua Tagovailoa, who, by the way, I feel like shouldn't even play next year. They're going to have a bigger impact in 2020 than CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott, who, by the way, Dak Prescott is way better than all those guys I just mentioned. CeeDee Lamb, pretty much better than almost every guy 
besides maybe Devontae Parker. In fact, nope, scratch that. He's better than Devontae Parker. And you're trying to tell me that like CeeDee Lamb isn't going to have a bigger impact? Shoot, man, I don't, I don't understand that at all. I don't get that at all. I don't get that. That's weird. That's wrong. And then you constantly see the disrespect uh, throughout everybody. Because everybody's like, eh, you know, C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, it's not that big of a deal. Dallas didn't need a wide receiver. It's not like they just lost an 800-yard wide receiver and Randall Cobb and one of their best tight ends in franchise history and Jason Witten. It's not like they need production out of slot and wide receiver. Oh, yeah, and they lost Cole Beasley the year before they got Randall Cobb. It's not like they need a wide receiver or anything like that, a third guy. Long and the short of it is, C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott, don't you worry. They'll come back. They'll be bigger. They'll be stronger than all three of those pairs together. Everybody keeps on talking about the contract. 24 the contract! 24 the contract! The contract! Dak Prescott isn't signed yet. And it's like, well, you know what? He's going to get signed. He's either going to get signed or he's going to play. Deadlines make deals in Dallas. People keep on talking about I have no idea how people have been talking about the Dak Prescott uh, contract for literally the past three months since March. Like, how, how are you talking about the same thing for, like, three months in a row? Makes no sense to me. I've literally just stopped listening to media on this topic because I'm like, it, they're going to say the exact same shit. Oh, well, da- da- Dallas Cowboys, they don't believe Dak Prescott's a franchise quarterback. Even though they're willing to franchise tag him and give him franchise money. It's like, what? I don't know. 24, why hasn't the deal gotten done yet? Because Jerry Jones likes to do things his way. I hate that he does things his way because his way is usually the wrong way. But yes, he likes to do things his way. I wish he wouldn't because we probably would have had multiple Super Bowls by now. But it's the reality of the situation. For some weird reason, now is the time that he wants to get cheap. Wasn't cheap with Zeke. Wasn't cheap with Lael. Wasn't cheap with um, with Jalen. Wasn't cheap with any of those guys. Now he wants to be cheap. He's like, oh shit, I just ran out of money because I spent all of my, my money on filling out pieces of the pie. Come on, Dak, you got to sign. I, 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 I signed all of these bad deals last year. Now, Dak, hey, uh, you know, maybe you should take a bad deal yourself because I'm a terrible GM. All right. So Dak's like, no, I'm not taking a pay cut. Give me my max out dollars on four years. Then I'll come in and play. It's like, well, you know, it's not like Dallas could go to the Super Bowl this year. It's not like Dallas could go to an NFC Championship game this year. It's not like Dallas is going to have one of the best, if not the best, wide receiving core this year. It's not like Dallas is going to have one of the best offenses of, of, of this year. It's not like Dallas is going to have a comeback year this year, but they need to get their damn quarterback in the locker room. It's not like any of that matters at all. It's just, you know, uh, you know, like, 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 like let, let's just have him for one more year, right? Let's just do that because that's smart. That's a great idea, Jerry and Steven. Great job holding out. Great job. Great job not signing Dak Prescott when he could have signed him last year. That's all I got for you today. I am jacked. I am not jacked. I am destroyed. I, for some weird reason, 
I'm so tired right now. Like I, 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 I have no, I have no idea where this tiredness came from. It started like literally as I'm podcasting. I'm dog tired. I'm gonna get the heck up on out of here. Where is my song? I'm gonna get the heck up on out of here. I'm gonna rest. I'm gonna get back to work. Not podcasting, but get back to like work and stuff like that later on. Later on tonight. Oh my god. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been Turn it down. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been 24's podcast, the best video gaming and sports podcast on the entire internet. If you like this podcast, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify. Literally where you can find any podcast, you can find 24's podcast. I think I may have one more over the weekend for you. I don't know when I'll be getting this out. But uh, when I do get this out, just know I'm going to have maybe one more podcast over the weekend. Another podcast on Monday. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be talking about. But I'll be talking about something. Until then, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.